This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Breakups are not easy. They can be unpleasant, uncomfortable, and even scary. We all know this. Many of us have experienced it. The question is, why is breaking up so hard even if we know the person is not right for us? I'm Dashran Johan, and this is Today I Learned. On the show with me today is Rosie Khalid. She's a licensed counsellor. Welcome to the show, Rosie. Let's get into the big question and before we break things out down bit by bit. Um, broadly speaking, Rosie, why is it difficult to break up with someone even when we know they're not right for us? Right, right. So... Um, I think that's a very good question, right? And I think that is a question that um, we always have, but we don't really know the answer to that. Um, for me, I feel that sometimes people like familiarity. And they, I mean, we're human beings, mm-hmm. right? And we have this fear of change, fear of uncertainty, uh, which is why we rely so much on race. <laughs> we rely so much on Google Maps, right? Because um, sometimes it's that familiarity that's there, right? So that could be one. And another one could also be because there's certain unfulfilled needs that you have. Mm. And um, it could be like a sense of validation or that sense of acceptance that you're getting from this partner that you never got anywhere else before this, right? So this is something like really precious to you that you feel like you need to hold on to it. Um, So it could be that as well. Or it depends also on whether you are in a relationship relationship. like boyfriend, girlfriend, or whether you're in a marriage. Mm. If you're in a marriage, then maybe you have this perception that, you know, staying together is better for the kids. And I hear that a lot, right. you know, growing up in this culture, this Asian culture, parents tend to think like it's better if we're together for the sake of the kids. Yeah. So I think that's also one of the reasons why it's hard for them to break up. Um, and in some of the more abusive relationship, we're seeing a bit of manipulation. Um, so maybe uh, one partner says that you're nothing without me, you know, um, and which is why it gets really hard to break up. And that has to do with a lot of that sense of self, poor self-esteem or she or he doesn't even have that sense of self so that uh, you can see the bit of a dependency issue there. Mm. Right. And maybe along those lines also is this idea that, you know, he or she doesn't believe that they deserve better lah. Uh, so to a certain extent, it's also a form of um, self-sabotaging, you know. Right. Yeah, so all these reasons, all these reasons could lead to why it's difficult to break up. When even if you know someone's not right for you. Right. Yeah. So let's rewind a bit and talk about dating yeah. first, right? A lot of people can describe mm. um, their ideal partner if you ask them. You know, you ask your friend, um, what kind of guy would you mm. like? What kind of uh, girl would you like? Um, who would you like? What kind of person mm. would you like to marry? And they can list down, you know, I have I have these values and these are the kind of people that I want. Um, you know, I, I want them to be of a certain um, standard, of a certain, to share certain values with me and all. And it's very easy to list these things down. Right, But when we look at, in reality, when we look at um, the people around us, more often than not, in practice, people are usually open to dating a wide range of potential partners that may not come close to the ideal person they described or that, or those values that they listed down or those standards that they, they told they really um, hold dear to them, right? Why is this so? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same as, you know, how I know I need to work out every week, at least tr- uh, three times a week, but I don't. 
That's interesting. You're right. They are not as simple as that, You know, I think the mind has its own way of doing things, and the heart as well. And sometimes there's this incongruence, right, between what the mind wants and what the heart wants. And most of the time, this is caused because of the lack of awareness. You know, so lack of awareness could mean I don't know what I want in this relationship, or certain issues that I've had, whether it's daddy issues or mommy issues, any kind of issues growing up, or even abandonment, right? Um, so sometimes we tend. To choose a partner that has some form of familiarity, you know. So maybe sometimes you end up with a partner that really looks like your dad, or really the character is、um, very much alike like your dad, right? And we are seeing that this happens on a very subconscious level. This choice of partner, you know,、um, and we're seeing like a repeated pattern across generations. So if you see like one family has like multiple wives. You're probably going to see a repeated pattern across generations, right? And that is not coincidence, you know. It's um, it's psychological, right? <laughs> and because of all these psychological factors, it's a very systemic issue. It's not just because the person is like that. No, it's because of the upbringing, and then the environment growing up, the home, the relationship with the parents, and then you're talking about culture. So culture is a huge. Huge area because you probably end up with someone that's absolutely different than what you want because of family expectations or because of societal expectations. You know, so if you grow up in a culture where、um, money is something that is very very important, and culture tells you that you should marry someone who's rich. You know, that more likely you you might、um, lean towards that. So culture and family. Play a very huge role、mm, in, to, in the choice of partner. Yeah. Just to dig a little deeper on that, um, when it comes to、sure. dating, then right, um, do would you? Is it important for us to? Because let's say you know, is it important for us to ultimately strive towards picking a partner that you know we. We have that that those who has those values who、um, that the ideal partner which we can describe when we are sober and sober. I'm not necessarily talking about substance sober, but you know emotionally sober or whatever you want to call it, right? Where you know you're just、yeah. a, in a regular state of mind and all. And if you say like you know I want this type of person, this type of person, this type of person, a lot of times people don't、yeah. end up with those you know the people they describe with as we just talked about. But in practice,、yeah. is it better? Should people strive to you know? Wait、um, to be with the person they, you know, can describe when they are emotionally sober in that sense. But then the question is, when do you know you are emotionally、mm. sober, right? And emotionally sober in this sense would mean your self awareness,、right. whether you are aware of why you want to be in that relationship. You know, so we all have these different needs and different meaning that we attach to this relationship. So maybe for boyfriend girlfriend, maybe it could just be companionship. Maybe it's just trying to fill in this void that that she or he has been feeling. Maybe it's that sense of belonging. So it's a lot of different meanings attached to these different relationships.、Um, so in in terms of weight, right, Darshan, I think. Um, sometimes people learn through the experiences. They have to fall before they learn. Right. <laughs> And then maybe that emotional soberness will come. You know? Right.、Uh, maybe, but different people they have very different ways of、um, thinking and belief system.、Um, 
yeah, right. It's, it's hard to tell, lah. Do you, uh, you know, do you know? As generally speaking, do we tend to move through relationships without much reflections, like um, from dating to intimacy to sex, for example, to um, living together, mm. cohabitation to marriage, um, etc. I'm wondering if most of us. Um, you know, once we get into the relationship, we just tend to ride the wave. And and there's, if there's something, I'm wondering if there's something innate um, about us that's biased towards our own relationship. And once we get into it, um, we have this innate thing where we have this end goal. Um, you know, let's say the end goal is marriage and kids and living uh, together happily ever after. If that's the end goal, um, mm. that we are, we just, you know, through our, we have this bias pro, um um, sort of perspective towards our own relationship and we just want to want it to progress towards that end goal um, regardless of the cost and, and whatnot. Um, is, is that something that a lot of us have, um, a lot of us feel? We do, we do, we do. I have to say that there's always going to be bias. We all have bias. If you tell me, uh, you say, Rosie, you know, I don't have any bias. I'll tell you that's... Um, then you're not human. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, human beings have bias, especially in matters that's, um, uh, that's got to do with personal relationships. You know, we all have our biases. We all have our stereotypes. And that's just how our brain works, right? Um, and I think secondly is that reflection, reflection, reflecting on your relationship isn't something that's being taught to us. You know, um, yeah, I mean, growing up, you're not being taught what are you feeling. You're not being taught how to process or regulate that, understand yourself, understand self-awareness. Um, so um, your question in regards to whether we just move along, yes, we kind of do, especially if you're lacking self-awareness. And I think why people tend to do that also is because sometimes when you reflect deeper, trying to find these issues in your relationships, Sometimes it can lead to scary stuff. And this scary stuff means that, you know, maybe the guy is cheating on you, right? Uh, you know, the, the, the person has um, maybe fall out of love with you, but you still want to be in that relationship, right? Because like you said, there's an end goal. So it's sort of like a tunnel vision that you're kind of right. caught inside, right? Um, so maybe if you were to reflect deeper, it's going to lead you to scary stuff, which means that you might have very difficult conversation that comes with a risk. And this risk either lead to whether things will get better in a relationship or it might lead to a breakup, right? So sometimes people avoid all this reflection altogether, even having difficult conversations, because there's this perception that if we don't do anything, we just ride the wave, then everything will be better. Things will, we will make the relationship better, you know? Yeah. And sometimes people say, oh, it just takes time, lah. takes time. Right. Yeah. So do you think yeah. that people should, you know, every now and again, you know, sit down, reflect? Um, um, is it something that all of us should do? Um, how often should we do it? Um, should we only do it when we mm. feel like something is wrong? Um, how, yeah. how does this reflection thing work exactly? Um, I think when it comes to couples, it's about that dynamics, the interaction that you have with each other, right? So it's about understanding what is love to me right now compared to five years ago. So if I'm with you for the past five years, right, 
there are going to be changes. There are going to be changes in priorities, uh, values maybe not so much because values is a bit more rooted in mm. you. It doesn't change quite easily. Lah. But uh, different things, like maybe you go through different uh, phases in life as a mother or as a wife and you will go through these changes with your partner. So it's important that we talk about it. It's important that we understand what love is. How can I express my love? How can we stay connected? What does this relationship mean to us? What are we trying to go towards? Um, and also, bear in mind, yeah, people always think, just because I'm with uh, this person, everything we have to do together. Right. <laughs> um, there's no such thing. No such thing. That's too much enmeshment, you know. Um, so a good, healthy relationship would mean you're able to spend time together and you're also able to spend time apart from each other, doing your own thing. So you need to have your own self-identity still. Right. Mm. Now, do you, are relationships also an investment? And I'm wondering if it is, does the investment, quote-unquote investment aspect, make breakups difficult? The more we invest um, time, for example, or energy, effort, um, even money and, and so on and so forth, spending each uh, with e- time with each other's families, um, getting to know, um, you know, different people in, in, their, in your partner's lives and all of these things, um, it takes up, um, you know, a portion of your life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can see that there's definitely a causal relationship there, but there are also other factors also. But I have to definitely agree that all relationships are investment, are formal investment. There's this currency exchange that happens between partners, you know, so they have what we need and we have what they need, right? So this currency exchange could be in a form of validation, in a form of acceptance, in a form of companionship, right? Um, but I do have to say that, although, that sometimes um, the fear of what if someone will not love me or treat me the same, right? Or having that pressure to get married or or we need to work it out for the kids, right? And the fear of what will people say if we break up um, or the societal's uh, judgment, you know, what if we divorced, you know? Um, so all of that can make it a bit harder lah, for the breakup. But... Yeah, so the currency exchange, it can happen in a lot of these relationships. Um, But say, for example, I don't value money, Hmm. you know, so money, I'm like super rich, I'm like a billionaire, right? right? So money means nothing to me and I invest a lot of money on this partner, then maybe it's okay, it's okay, I can just pick up. (laughs) Right, okay. So not necessarily... On today's episode of Today, I Learned, we are discussing the psychology of breakups with Rosie Khaled, who's a counsellor. We'll be back with more BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Today, I Learned. I'm Dashran Johan, and on the show with me today is Rosie Khaled, a counsellor, and we're discussing the psychology of breakups. Why is it so difficult to break up even when we know the person isn't right for us? So, Rosie... You know, you brought up this idea, you know, societal pressure, um, the fear people have. Um, I, I want to zoom in on something, you know, that this fear that we have, that we won't be able to find someone else, um, won't be able to find love again. Um, this is something that, you know, I've experienced myself. 
everyone, you know, when I talk to my friends, you know, and they always say, you know, I will never be able to find love again. Like, what if I cannot? What if I'm going to be single forever? These are the same friends who, you know, when you were going through something, they will be like, no such thing. Mm. Where got such, you know, like there are plenty of fish in the sea, you know, things like that. Don't worry. There's so many yeah. options. Realistically, I think a lot of people, not maybe not everyone, but a lot of people, they know that just because I break up, uh, I break up with someone um, doesn't mean that I'm never going to be able to find love again. Um, you know, there's nobody else out there for me and things like that. That's But yet, when we are in the situation, we always feel like this is the end. If I break up here, like... I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to, this, you know, find love again and all of that. Why? What's this? What's going through our mind here? Yeah. So if you ask me, I feel that the root of all of that is because it goes back to that feeling of I'm not good enough. You know, right. hence there's this fear that I may not be able to find someone else. I'm not good enough. But if you feel like you are good enough, then you may probably not have such fear um, and you'll probably feel you're more, you know, self-sufficient. Okay, la, you know, fine, fine. La. I don't find also don't find. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't need someone. So I think it goes back to the core belief of maybe I'm not good enough, you know, or I need to be a certain way, right? I need to be a certain way for people to like me. So there's a lot of dependency on uh, emotional dependency on what people think, what people, whether people will love you uh, because there's lack of that internally. Right. Right. So I think it's that. So when you say mm. the the whole I'm not good enough thing, is it like um you know you 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 don't feel um perhaps a certain sense of um, self confidence or or whatever it may be you know you don't feel good enough but yes. you were in this relationship or you are in this relationship and despite you know you not feeling good enough about yourself or certain things or insecurities you have um you know that this person has been with you for so long, um, despite mm. the many red flags that they might have. And you're wondering mm. that, you know, if I break up with them, um, with all, you know, how you view yourself, like you're not good enough, um, you know, mm. and, and things like that, um, that no one else in the world will be able to accept mm. you um, as compared to this person you're with right now. Is, is that it? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah. And I think in some relationships, you're seeing that they're very enmeshed, means they do everything together and their self-identity is kind of like fused together, right? So that makes breaking breaking up even harder because losing someone means you're also losing a whole chunk of you, you know? So that has to do with self-identity as well. Right. Mm. And I'm wondering, yeah. but what about people who... You know, let's say like I have friends who, you know, I look up to as well, um, people I look up to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, generally speaking, um, you know, they are this, they are very confident. Um, they are the kind of people, you know, who always seem like, you know, they, they know exactly what they want. They know exactly who they are. They're very confident mm -hmm. and all of that. And then they get into a relationship. Things are going well, blah, blah, blah. And then maybe it can be a few months, mm -hmm. few years when they feel like, OK, yeah. this person is not right for me. And sometimes you feel, you see that even these people, the most logical people in your group, the most practical yeah. people in your group, the most confident people in your group of friends, also when they are about to break up, they're like, what if I never find love again? What if nobody likes me? And things like that. So yeah. why does that happen then? Yeah. It could also be attachment. Right. It's, it could also be attachment issues. So if I grew up, you know, feeling, um, or I've experienced abandonment, 
you know so i've got abandonment issues and i'm so afraid of people leaving uh because people leaving means that i'm not good enough for the love so maybe i'm very confident at work maybe i know i'm very good at work but when it comes to people everyone seems to leave me you know so you can have that narrative uh because of attachment issues abandonment issues so that can happen as well which is why i said this whole thing is a systemic issue is a systemic um thing where they are interconnected with each other so it could be your family upbringing it could be internally what you think about yourself psychologically or self esteem um it could be many things actually they all interact they are all interacting with each other mm. is there also this innate thing in us or this mm. desire for us um to mm. mate and i'm wondering if this idea of breaking up makes us afraid that we may not be able to mate or if we, you know we have to put off <laughs> mating you know like a while longer <laughs> if we break up is there something in us um, innately that makes us feel this way Yeah yeah okay so firstly we are all biologically wired to reproduce right <laughs> so so if like you see in the movies right you have the last two survivors high chance they will meet lah <laughs> <laughs> right so because right. we are biologically wired right. to reproduce even if the movies have the last two five, uh, two survivors and there's no like physical attraction whatsoever but high chance they will still meet yeah so i think it is an innate desire to meet yes but we have to also understand that times have evolved mm. and we are also slowly moving away from gender roles and what not and sometimes to some people mating or relationship isn't a priority anymore maybe career becomes a priority and talking about abandonment issue I was talking about mm-hmm. uh, maybe some people cope with that abandonment issue fear of being abandoned by not being with anyone at all Right. You know, and that is safer route, right? If I don't end up being with anyone, then I will never get hurt, right? But I can be in a relationship with my career because I can have a lot more control with it or progression in it and that's more satisfying and fulfilling. You see? So um times have evolved, right? And I think mating may not exactly be someone's priority in their lives. So we need to see their values also. Some people they would never even think about having kids, mm. you know, because they are afraid of being in a marriage or having a family because they grew up in a broken home, for example. Right. Um so maybe their goal is to find a lot of money by uh in the MGGT for example, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So right. sometimes the fear of breaking up not necessarily caused by meeting desires lah. Right. Mm. Yeah. Mm. How much? What about social pressure, um, Rosie? How much does so, um, societal pressure? Um, you know, it could be mm. friends getting married. It could be hashtag relationship yeah. goals on Instagram. Um, all these kinds of yeah. things that we see. Um, you know, we see couples. Yeah. Um, you know, in in going to museums together, going to ho- going on holidays yeah. together, things like that. How much of all do do all these things push us to maintain relationships we may not want to? Mm-mm. Now with social media, that 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 probability, that percentage of that just shoots up right. <laughs> because of social media, mm-hmm. right? And I think another thing that we need to think about is which society that you're living in, whether it's a collectivistic society or whether it's individualistic. So if it's a collectivistic society, right, you probably feel more pressure. 
right? Because you need to conform to what society expects of you, your mother, your father. You know, you go to high raya gathering, everybody will ask when you want to get married, when are you going to have kids, you know? Um, And also because sometimes in families, kids uh, feel that they need to please their parents, you know? So all that, if you're in a collectivistic culture, it becomes more, that pressure becomes more. As compared if you stay in America, for example, individualistic is something that they value more, you know. So I, I find that there's lesser pressure there. But there's always pressure because we are all social and emotional beings. Mm. So we're kind of like connected to each other, right? Um, so there is that as an external factor. But also there's internal factor that interacts with the external factor. These internal factors are things like I need to please people. I need to please my mother or please my father, right? I need to conform to people's expectation because um, only when I make people happy, then only I'm happy. Right. right? Or maybe I feel like I need to um, feel belonged. Right to a society, maybe everyone has kids and they're talking about mom stuff. And I'm not a mom. I want to be a mom because I want to be with a group. I don't want to. So a bit of FOMO there, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So so all that pressure, all that pressure can can be very um very significant, mm. Right. Now, mm. why this something? This is something else that I find very interesting. This idea that yeah. you know when we. It's this, you, you brought up working out earlier and perhaps this ties into this question. Why do we keep telling yeah. ourselves that, you know, we will break up on X date and we always say like, okay, today is Thursday. Thursday is like not June, you know, like not, not like it's like in the middle of the week, a bit weird. So I wait for Sunday and then I'll break up. Or it's like, ah, oh, it's, it's like October. Never mind, like, I wait for January, New yeah, Year, New yeah. Me, then I break up. Um, why do we keep, yeah, yeah. you know, saying these things or like, you know, like, okay, now yeah. like they're going through, um, they're having an exam. So I'm having my exam. So like, okay, we've finished the exams first. Or like now I'm having, yeah. like I need to balik kampong. Okay, like after I balik kampong, then only I break up. You know, why do we keep like setting all these like yeah. dates and stuff? And you wait for the stars to align, Exactly. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, I have to say that sometimes a bit of planning helps, you mm-hmm. know, because you want to prepare for when you want to cry and have a whole tub of ice cream. Um, <laughs> right. But I think it could also be plain procrastination, right? Uh, you're procrastinating. Maybe that fear is there. Fear is involved. Right. Um, and breakup is never easy la, because you're talking about attachment. You're talking about someone else's feelings. Right. So there's a lot of fear involved. There's a lot of uncertainty involved as well. Yeah. So I think it's really just that. Mm-hmm. Why are we sometimes, um, you know, so afraid um, or hesitant or worried about that 10 minutes or that, you know, depending on how long mm. your, your that conversation lasts, 10 minutes or, or one hour of, you know, sitting down and, mm. and, and having that breakup conversation. Um, it's, and, and we would, as if, it's as if we are, we are telling ourselves or letting ourselves accept that it's better to spend the next few um, weeks or months or years unfulfilled um, than go through that mm. 10 minutes of breakup. Why are we so afraid of that? 
Mm, okay, so I think firstly goes back to what I was talking about with that currency exchange. Maybe he has what I need or she has what I need and then vice versa. Could be that. Uh, but also we need to think about cultural factors. Again, culture is so important. In our culture, confrontation isn't something that people like or mm. thought to do. Right, so confrontations are often very hard in our culture, and depends also. I mean, um, we're still in KL and Sango, you know. I think it's a bit different compared to maybe other states also, right? And other cultures. So even if you're in Malaysia, Malaysia has like so many different cultures, you know. So we need to take into account all that. Um, also, although that ten minutes of breakup is just ten minutes, right? But it could also lead to months of grieving. Right, you know, um, months of anxiety of not finding someone else, or even that fear of being alone, uh, or you're grieving for that validation. So grieving for that relationship means also you're grieving for the validation that you've gotten before this. Grieving for that sense of familiarity. You know, every morning you get a good morning text, and right now you don't, and suddenly the whole world just feels like it just, you know, crumbles. right. Um, or even grieving for what you think is considered safe. So maybe sometimes even though you're in an abusive relationship or someone who's very controlling, um, and you learn that that is safe because growing up, your father did exactly the same thing. And to you, that translates as love. You see? Right. It's kind of like a very weird way of thinking what love is, but it really operates on a very subconscious level. So that sense of familiarity or your understanding of what love is, even if that person is an abusive partner or a toxic partner, but if that is something that you grew up with, you will learn that that is what love and safe or home is. So you are kind of like drawn towards that. Yeah, so but anyway, so going back to that, 10 minutes of breakup will lead to a lot of grieving of many different types. Mm. Mm. So your mind kind of know that's going to happen. But again, your mind has this conscious, subconscious, and then the unconscious level, right? So sometimes you don't even know why we do certain things. Right. <laughs> Right, yeah. because it's it, when you when you, when you when you say familiarity, are you also talking about perhaps like comfort zone um um or this yeah. yeah because it's it's always it's it's always so interesting to me because again I've experienced this in the past and all of that right this idea where um perhaps um you you break up with someone sometimes not because um there are a lot of red flags necessarily um you just break up with someone because um y'all have um completely different career paths and some uh, someone has moved out to a different state or a different country and you know that it's just not logical um to be in that relationship anymore for example and both of you are like okay y'all know when y'all are like in a very very um normal kind of thing y'all know like the 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 the, the, spy, the, the, the you know it's it's not as exciting anymore because they have already moved and and y'all you know it's not as it's not going to work out y'all know these things um it's not perhaps the relationship isn't as intimate anymore um it it may be various different things but yet we want when it, when it comes to like, we know okay like that partner knows i know we need to break up there's no logical or practical way in which this relationship can work out all we need to do now is sit down and have that conversation and say okay it's not working out but yet we don't want to do that why why are we why why does that happen 
Yeah, I think for some people it depends, right? Because I think this is where different people attach different meaning in that relationship. So there could be a fear of hurting the other person, could be a fear of losing my best friend, you know. So maybe in that relationship, the person is also your best friend. So you are not just losing a girlfriend or a boyfriend, but you're losing a best friend also, right? Um, especially in what you said just now. What if I've invested a lot? I know the family. Family loves me. And that's a big investment that you're letting go. Yeah. So I think it really depends on that relationship and, and how that dynamic, that interaction is. Even if you've fallen out of love, right? It, there's still fear. There's still fear of, you know, trying to talk about, you know what, let's go separate ways. Or maybe it's just one-sided. Maybe it's not something that's mutual. So there's this risk of hurting someone that, that you loved or, you know, yeah. Or that fear of maybe I'm the bad person if I do that. You know, I don't want to be the bad person. And I'm going to have a lot of guilt if I initiate the breakup. Right? Could be that also. It really depends on the individual as well as the relationship. Right. Yeah. Now, this has been, um, you know, we've been talking a lot about um, why people are afraid to break up. How, what can people do to overcome this fear? How do we push through all these um, psychological barriers? Because ultimately, all of this is happening in our heads, right? Um, no, it's, it's not like a hard and fast rule or anything. It's, it's just that the fear that we feel, that the comfort level that we feel, the familiarity that we feel. Um, how do we overcome these psychological barriers um, when we know the, the person is not right for us and, and say that, you know, um, I, I just got to break up? Mm-hmm. Well, um, well. firstly, I think that we need to listen to our emotions more. Mm. Definitely, you need to hear what your emotions are trying to tell you, whether it's that fear, whether it's that anxiety, you know, because logically, you know, your, your logic is always there, you know, uh, but your hearts, your emotions are trying to tell you something else. So I think self-awareness has to be there. And one way to, to, to you know, increase that self-awareness is to really listen to what your feelings are trying to tell you. Your feelings are actually the frontliners, you know. Right. Um, they are like your emergency alarm system. So when something happens and it gets triggered, it's actually trying to tell you that, hey, actually this person means a lot to you. Or, hey, you're going to get really hurt. Or, you know, or maybe maybe in, in some uh, marriages, maybe the, 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 the partner is a breadwinner. And what will happen to the kids, you know? So all these things. I think it's important that first you listen to your emotions. What is it saying to your feelings? Um, so you want to increase that self-awareness. And I think it's important for you to also understand what the relationship means to you. What relationship means to you, whether it's your source of financial um, stuff, you know, security, whether it's just purely companionship. I don't see this person being my future partner, you know. Um, So I think it's about first understanding what the relationship means and then being able to find you first. Right. You need to find you. I think this is something that uh, when I see my clients come to me or even when I do couples therapy, I find that people don't have that sense of self. So you need to find you first and knowing what are your unmet needs. What do you need? Do you have abandonment issue? What do you want from this relationship? You know, Or what do you not want from this relationship? And how can you provide yourself? For example, if validation is what you want in this relationship, how can you provide yourself 
that validation? How can you be there for yourself? How can you be compassionate to yourself instead of depending on someone else for that? Mm, right. So, yeah. And I think if all of that don't really work out, um, see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, definitely. Yeah. How do you overcome yeah, the yeah. psychological barrier of Let's say you know that this person is, you know, all their all your values mesh together really well. Um, you know, um, from an attractiveness standpoint, y'all are like y'all are super attracted to each other. Um, everything like a lot of things. Let's say if you love movies and that person loves movies, and y'all can bond over those things. Um, even your political uh, beliefs and and the the things, the passions and all, everything is similar. But that person, let's say, is you know cheated. On you, for example, or did um, lie to you or whatever, and then you you are like, oh man! But then if I break up with this person, will I ever find another match that is so numb with me? Like you know, we are so compatible on so many different levels. Like how will I ever find another person like that? And that becomes a psychological barrier. How do you overcome that? Okay, so I think firstly we have to understand the person's values, right? Um, I think if the person values having that more, then then maybe she or he would want to work on you know trying to rebuild that trust again, and that is not uncommon actually. I do have couples coming to me talking about you know my partner cheated on me. What do we do now? You know how can we work on the relationship because that relationship still has something that's very important to them. Right. So you want to decide first: do you still want this relationship or not? Right. So. Um, it depends on the values. It depends. Maybe that cheating incident was a mistake. Maybe you know, and and maybe the person says, "Okay lah," you know, like it was just a mistake. I just need to find ways to forgive you, to rebuild my trust, and see how we can reconnect again. Or, you know, it could also be a situation where the persons have been cheated on ten times, twenty times, thirty times, and still there. Mm. Right in that case. Um, then we need to understand that what's going on here. Why am I still with him? What is it that he has that's keeping me here? You need to ask yourself that. What does he have that's keeping me here? Am I happy in this relationship? What is he giving me in return? You know. Um, so it could also be again that I was talking about the sense of manipulation that happens in a relationship, right? Maybe the partner says, "You're nothing without me," you know. Or if I've never been loved by my family, and then this guy, I so happily, I feel like he treated me so well, and I just couldn't let that go. I'm so afraid that I will not have that love anymore. So it's first understanding what the relationship means to you first, and then seeing how you can find you, find what you want, how you can be there for yourself. Um, and like I said, also sometimes if you're your 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 father was an abuser, and then maybe you might end up with someone who's exactly like that. Right. And how do you break out from that? Right. So again, that self awareness is very important to understand, to acknowledge that what I'm looking here is what I think is home, what I think I deserve. If I grew up being abused my entire childhood, right, I may become an adult that believes that. I deserve to be abused. This is what I deserve. This is the relationship that I deserve. So acknowledging that, understanding that, will give you so much power and so much control for you to then decide what you want to do. So I think my model is very simple: self awareness, and having self acceptance, 
and then having self-empowerment. Only when you have that, then only can progress. On yeah. that wonderful note, thank you so much for joining me today, Rosie. That was Rosie Khalid, who's a counsellor. If you missed any part of our conversation, you can check out the podcast on the BFM app, bfm.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcast from. You just have to look up Today I Learned. I'm Dashan Johan, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.